Hello and welcome to my podcast. I'm very happy that you joined me. Uh, today I'm going to be talking about pets, pet ownership, and different diff- some different types of pets that people um, like to have. Um, I think I wanted to do this episode because um, it's something that means a lot to me, pet ownership. And I, I think sometimes people don't really take it very seriously. I mean, real true pet owners, I think, do. But any case, um, I wanted to just say that, you know, since the pandemic hit, a lot of people were adopting pets. We were in lockdown and they had time to kill. They were adopting them. The shelters were getting cleared out. And now that the pandemic is basically over and people are going back to work, the shelters are starting to fill up again. And this is um, disturbing to me because pets, I think, should be part of your family. And imagine, you know, you have um, what, uh, you know, a child and you just decide that you can't uh, keep them anymore because you can't devote time to them or you can't afford them anymore. So you're just going to ship them off somewhere. You know, I mean, these pets are, they, they have feelings. They are just dropped off at these shelters. Hopefully they're dropped off at a shelter and they don't understand what's happening. They don't understand what they did wrong. Where did their family go? And I think it's very, very sad that these, that this is happening right now. Um, I can tell you a story quickly. Just recently on the news, there was a, a video shown of a woman. Um, I guess it was on a, on a security camera. So she pulled up in the middle of the street at night. She stopped her car. She got out. She opened up the back door. Out pops the dog. She shuts the door. She gets back in the car and she leaves. She just leaves. And the dog is standing there in the street, like wondering, looking around, wondering what what is going on? So, I mean, that was heartbreaking to watch. The dog was picked up and brought to a shelter where I'm sure he's going to get adopted. But I just don't understand the heartlessness of something like that. And that happens quite often. I mean, this happened to be caught on camera. And, you know, so we were able to view it. And, you know, they did reach out to this woman. And she said that, um, you know, her apartment building didn't allow pets. So she just dumped the dog. She just dumped her dog in the middle of the night. I don't understand that. Why not? Um, if you're moving to a place that you have a pet, first of all, don't move to a place where you can uh, have a pet if you have a pet. And then um, if you something happens, you have to get out. Maybe you can, you know, bring your pet to a friend, to a relative's house until you can sort things out or, you know, drop it off at a shelter, a a no-kill shelter. Do something. You just don't dump your pet in the middle of the street in the middle of the night. I was so upset to see that. So here's a statistic you might be interested in. 70% of U.S. households have some sort of pet and the top pet are our dogs. Um, coming in next is cats, then fish, then birds, and then small animals like, you know, hamsters, rabbits, guinea pigs, ferrets, and after that comes snakes, but whatever, right? Um, I'm not really, I'm not really a snake type of person. I never was. Um, I probably never will be, but that's just me. So I think that most people uh, tend to get pets 
because they're looking for a sense of companionship. A pet will give you unconditional love. They don't stand there and judge you about, you know, the uh, choices that you make in your life. Although, I mean, maybe some cats do. I don't know. But basically, they, they don't judge. I think when certain people adopt pets, they just don't realize what's involved. You know, they're costly. They can, you know, cost you anywhere from 500 to $2,000 a year, depending on what the pet needs, you know, food, grooming, vet services, um, daycare, if you're going away. And then that's another thing is that pets can be restricting to you. You know, maybe you won't be able to go on that vacation because you have nobody to watch your pet. I mean, it costs money to board them or to get a pet sitter, you know, so maybe you don't have that extra money. And that's another thing is that they do take away from money that maybe you would spend on yourself. And now you have to spend it on, on this pet. Another thing is they can, um, if you're renting, you have to be careful where you can move to because not every place will allow pets. So, I mean, these are all things to consider when, when you want to get a pet and you have to realize these things. And I think people, some people just, you know, go and get pets on a whim and you can't do that. You really need to look at what kind of pet you're getting, what's going to be involved in taking care of that pet. Um, certain pets need certain environments to to flourish in. I mean, they need love. They need food. They need companionship. They need to get out and exercise. They need things just like you do. So, I mean, I would say before you go and, and purchase a pet or get a, adopt a pet from a shelter, even though if, if you're going to adopt a pet, it's still going to cost you some money. But if you're going to go and get a pet, you should be aware of all of these things before you go and do it. Because then when you realize all of these other things that come into play with having a pet, then that's when these people, you know, um, abandon them in the middle of the street or someplace, or they bring them to shelters. And um, just recently, there was a story, another story on the news where somebody brought a carrier. There was kittens inside the carrier. They dropped it off at a shelter and unbeknownst to the shelter, when they opened up the carrier, there was 18 kittens shoved into that carrier. That was just cruel. They just showed them just taking them out. It was, I don't even want to talk about it because you know what? It's really upsetting to me to think that somebody could do that. These animals, they need to be treated uh, with respect, with love and care. And that was just mean. So um, to continue on, I'm not going to just go on and on about that. So I thought it would be interesting to list the three top dog and cat breeds that have the worst reputation because it's not it's just a reputation. The first one is uh, for dogs. It's pit bulls, of course. Um, they they have a bad a bad rap. Uh, Rottweilers, Doberman pinchers. I do know family members that have had pit bulls and Rottweilers, and they were sweethearts. They were they were loving. They were they were good dogs. They were they behaved well. They listened to commands, and they were gentle and loving. So I think that um, those. Uh, dogs do have a bad reputation. It really all boils down to, you know, the the owner, I think, of um, these animals, how they're, how they're brought up, how they're treated, and they can be trained. So um, I think really that's, that's what it, it comes down to. 
As far as the cats, um, I would say the, the Sphinx cat, the Siamese cat, and the Himalayan. One of my brothers had a Siamese cat, and the cat was wonderful. It was not mean or vicious. As a matter of fact, my niece would... <laughs> dress the cat up in doll clothes and put it in a, in a carriage and wheel it around the house. However, I could understand how you would think they were mean or vicious cats. I mean, if you've ever seen the Disney movie uh, Lady and the Tramp and they have the Siamese cats in there and they're causing all kinds of havoc in the movie, you know, they really do have a bad reputation. But I know that, you know, really, you know, any animal is basically a product of their environment. I mean, well, I will say that sometimes it is has to do with temperament too. Um, like the parents, if the parents had a bad temperament and then that could carry over to the litter of the, of the animal. But um, basically speaking, I think each one is an individual and how you treat them, the environment that you, that you put them in really makes a big difference to the animal and how they're going to react to you. So I think that's important to note as far as these, uh, these poor reputations for these dogs and cats. Okay, so I would like to jump to um, other types of pets that people may have, which are birds, fish. Some people have guinea pigs, uh, rabbits, hamsters, which don't live very long. There was a craze for a while to, for people to have um, pigs or uh, potbelly pigs, turtles, which I had a turtle when I was very, very, very young. Now you, it's illegal um, in a lot of states, I think, to have a turtle with a shell, I think less than, if it's four inches or six inches, if, you can, if it's smaller than that, you, you can't have the turtle. But a lot of these animals like guinea pigs, rabbits, um, not so much hamsters, but like they need another, you need to have two of them, you know, in order to provide some socialization for them. Because unless you're going to be spending a lot of time with them, you know, they need to have a buddy. So, and then it's, there's always the specialized care that all of these particular animals need, you know, <clears throat> they need special enclosures, um, special food, you have to, you know, you have to take care of them in a certain way. And not all of them live very long, although birds tend to live pretty long, a lot of them will outlive their owners. Um, also turtles, if you're allowed to have a turtle, yeah, turtles can live to be about 100. Um, they also can grow <laughs> really, really big and they need like a giant tank. So, uh, and turtles have to be in water where a tortoise doesn't have to be in water. Um, they can live off, uh, on just on land, but you know, and also just as a side note, um, a lot of people think that Sylvester Stallone still has those, uh, turtles from the, um, Rocky movie Cuff and Link, but actually he doesn't own those turtles. Those turtles were loaned uh, to them to make the movie. They're actually owned by um, a guy named Joseph Marks who owned the pet store. That was an actual real pet store across from the gym in the movie. And those turtles 
were in that store. So that's what happened with those. And now um, they're owned by the the original owner of that pet store. His nephew has them and loaned them out so that they could be in Creed. And I thought it was kind of cool of Sylvester Stallone to put them, put them in there. And actually, they are still alive there, I think 40 years old, which just goes to prove my point that turtles can live a really, really long time. Also, ferrets are another buddy animal that needs to have you know, a buddy. When you're owning these uh, these other type of animals, the birds, uh, ferrets, turtles, you have to really get in touch with your uh, local municipality and even your state because some states don't allow certain animals or some local uh, municipalities don't allow them. They're illegal. So you might want to check with them before you go and adopt one of these um, types of animals into your home. So I think the next thing I want to talk about is some of these exotic animals that people tend to adopt, which are monkeys like primates and big cats. Some people have deer. I recently read that a guy got kicked and killed by his own pet deer. Also, snakes, of course, the venomous snakes are not allowed, but the boa constrictor type snakes, for me, I find them to be exotic. Also, I mean, there's other types of animals out there that are, you know, people are adopting that they really shouldn't be adopting because they're illegal. So there is a black market for for these animals. The black market is really lucrative. It makes over $10 million a year. And the only thing bigger than the black market for exotic animals is illegal arms trading and drug trafficking. That's the only thing that's more profitable than the black market for wildlife. That is totally crazy, but not surprising. So there's um, a lot of uh, crazy things that go on with having these types of animals in your possession. Of course, a lot of these people don't realize what it what it takes to keep these types of animals. Obviously, you know, when you have a big cat, um, they have to be in a cage. You can't just have them around your house. But I, in a little while, I'm going to tell you a story worry about something like that. So people tend to spend a lot of money getting these illegal animals, um, like thousands and thousands of dollars. And then when they realize they can't take care of them, or they, you know, they require whatever, certain food, certain environment, vet care, whatever it is, then, you know, they don't know what to do with them. Sometimes they release them out into the wild, um, which can be devastating for the habitat that they release them in. Like, for example, in, in the Everglades in Florida, um, the Burmese pythons are, have populated because they were people have been releasing them in the Everglades, I guess, maybe thinking, hey, it's, you know, a preserve or, you know, it's wildlife. So it would you know, it would be okay. But actually, they have disturbed the um, habitat there. And they have because of the large population of these pythons, there's been a, a really big decline in mammals in the Everglades, like raccoons and rabbits and foxes and whatever. So it's making the whole habitat, you know, go out of balance, you know, and people just don't they just all they know is they want to get rid of these animals. And I guess, you know, when you have them, especially if you're having them 
and they're illegal, where are you going to bring them? You know, where are you going to bring them? You can't just drop them off at the shelter. So that continues to be a problem. I mean, what you could do is you could bring them to a, a preserve uh, or a zoo or something like that. But you know, people, I guess, panic and they just drop them off out there, you know, to fend for themselves. So, I mean, then shouldn't be having these things in the first place, if you ask me. Um, just recently in February, uh, there was an alligator found in Prospect Park in Brooklyn. So I wonder how that got there. And then in March, an alligator was discovered um, in a pond in a park in Philadelphia. So um, what a surprise. And they, they were they're brought to um, preserves you know, to live out their days where they're going to be cared for instead of just dropped off somewhere. Because especially in these northern areas, if you dropped off an alligator, it's not going to be able to survive in the winter up here. But I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that one was dropped off in February. So I mean, I don't know what, what was the story with that. So now I'm going to tell you a couple of stories. That's right. It's story time of people who had these exotic animals. And you might be familiar with uh, some of these stories. I didn't really want to tell you any stories where anybody got killed, although I could tell you plenty of them. You can probably look them up. There's a lot of them. But these stories, I mean, I wouldn't say they have a happy ending, but I would say that maybe there's a lesson to be learned. First one is uh, Roy Horn, who you might know if you're familiar with Siegfried and Roy. They had a um, a show at the Mirage in Las Vegas for many, many years. Uh, I don't know, maybe like 30 years. They were illusionists. They did uh, like a magical show and they incorporated... Um, the animals into the show. They had uh, white tigers, lions, some regular uh, tigers too. They had leopards, panthers. Uh, Those were the type of big, big cats that they had in their act. So um, one night, uh, Roy Horn was, um, you know, they were doing their act and he was supposed to, I don't know, do something. They claimed that he got off his mark um, and um, the animal got confused and bit him went live on stage during the act. And actually, the t- it was a white tiger and it actually dragged him by the neck off the stage backstage. He actually punctured his jugular vein and he almost uh, bled out, but he did survive. He did survive that, that attack, but that was, that was the end of their show. So, you know, what I think really went wrong for Roy is that he was under the assumption that he had some sort of um, bond with these wild animals. You know, Siegfried and Roy had a very large compound in Las Vegas. Um, I It was, oh my God, it was like hundreds of acres of land and a big, huge mansion, which they would allow these wild cats, you know, to roam free throughout. Um, so Roy would get these wild animals and as cubs, And then he believed in something called affection conditioning, where he would have them, he would keep them in the bed with him, he would nurture them. And I guess sort of like a mother child thing. I guess that's what he thought he had going on with them. He had like a a mutual understanding with them. But obviously, he was wrong, because that white tiger attacked him on the stage in front of all those people. So it just goes to show you my point is, is that, you know, you think that um, 
that they're tame, that they have a bond with you, but these are wild animals. They're they're not meant to be roaming around your house. And um, by the way, if you ever did go and see their show, which is now defunct, but if you had went to see it, there was no barrier between the audience and those wild animals on the stage. So if at any time one of those animals decided um, he wasn't going to follow instructions and he attacked somebody in the audience, um, you know who would be owning the Mirage in Las Vegas? The audience member who was being attacked by one of the animals from Siegfried and Roy. Okay, I'm just putting it out there. The next one you might know is um, the Charlotte Nash incident that happened back in 2009, where she was attacked by her friend's uh, pet chimpanzee. Now, the chimp was 14 years old, and um, this lady had had him for a really long time. The chimp knew um, the Charlotte Nash, uh, was, she knew it, you know, for a lot of years. So she'd been around it. And so she had this, her friend had this, this chimpanzee living in her house. It had its own bedroom. It would dress itself. It would sit at the dinner table. It would do chores around the house. And, you know, I don't know what she was thinking, right? I don't, I don't know. Because, you know, when they're young, one thing, when they reach a certain age, you can't manage them. They have the power of five men. Um, so one day the chimp didn't want to go in the house. Her friend called Charlotte Nash to come over and help. And when she, she tried to do this, she tried to coax the chimpanzee into the house. It attacked her. It knocked her to the ground. It tore off her eyelids, her nose, her hands, part of her scalp. Um, it was a miracle that the woman even survived. She had to have multiple surgeries. She had a face and hand transplant and she's blind, you know, permanently. Um, the only good thing I can say is that she has no memory of the attack. They say it, that her memory could come back, but she is hoping that it doesn't, you know. So her life has been changed drastically because of that one incident with this woman and her pet chimp. So for Sharla Nash, luckily, she remains a positive person, you know, you know, she tries to just find joy in every day. Um, and she feels blessed that she's alive. Okay, so, um, and by the way, the chimp was shot uh, several times by the police that day, and finally died in his own little bedroom. So um, that was the end of him. So the last story that I'm going to tell you is uh, back in 2003, a guy named Anton Yates had a 350 pound Siberian Bengal mixed tiger in his Harlem apartment. Um, now, I don't know if you've ever heard the story. This is something that I remember from from back then. Um, he brought it home when it was uh, a cub and um, he named it Ming. And when, you know, it got too big, he moved to another apartment, but he left the tiger in that apartment and he would come over to feed it. So um, what happened is, I guess during feeding time, whatever, something happened and he went to the local hospital and he had these really bad bites on his arm and his leg and he tells the doctor uh, it was from a pit bull 
Okay, the pit bull again, right, with the bad reputation. So they don't really believe him. So a few days later, the police show up at the apartment and they hear like growling coming from inside the apartment. So then they go outside and they actually rappel down the side of the building and they see this tiger in the apartment. So they had to shoot him with a tranquilizer gun and bring him out um, through the window, I think. He was taken away and he was um, brought to a wildlife refuge. And just recently, Ming has died. He died in um, 2019. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So in addition to that, in the apartment, they also found a six foot alligator which was named uh, Al, I guess, because he was an alligator. And he was kept in a fiberglass enclosure. And he was also removed and sent to uh, a preserve in um, Indiana, I believe. So this guy, Yates, he got uh, three months uh, in jail time and five years probation for reckless endangerment and possessing a wild animal. And, you know, it's funny because, like, he has this tiger in his apartment. You know, nobody is going to come in and rob that place because um, uh, they come in there. They're not going out. You know what I mean? They come in. They are not leaving. I mean, I can't even imagine having a big cat inside of an apartment. It was a five-bedroom apartment, I'll say, but I just can't even imagine the thinking of having these two, you know, pets that are man-eaters, okay, in in my apartment. Um, imagine the smell coming out of there. Imagine the kind of cleanup is going to be involved in that thing. I wouldn't want to be the landlord on in that building. You know, they say the truth is stranger than fiction. And there you go. That's one good example of it. Yeah, I think so. I think the lesson we learn is that, you know, from all these stories that first of all, when you have animals like that, you know, man eaters or animals like that chimpanzee, you know, you can't you can't assume that they're a member of your family. You can't, you know, you can't assume that you have this bond with them and um, they're going to love you and they're not going to see you as, you know, uh, some food. So, I mean, as far as the chimpanzee goes, um, you know, he wasn't looking to eat her. He was just looking to hurt her because he was agitated for whatever reason. I mean, you have to just know that these animals are dangerous. They shouldn't be in people's homes. They should be in preserves or zoos or out in the wild. That's where they belong. They don't belong in your house. Um, you know, they're not um, going to be sitting around the Christmas tree with you and opening up presents with the rest of the family, you know. So I think what you need to realize is that these animals are wild. They're meant to be wild. And um, that's where they belong, in the wild. And as far as other pets go, dogs, cats, don't adopt them if you can't take on the responsibility of them, if you can't take on the commitment of them, because they do have feelings and they do have a, a pack, especially dogs have a pack mentality, um, you know, to be a member of the family, a member of the pack. And 
you know, when you abandon them, they can get depressed. And I think it's just not fair. It's just not fair to the animal who doesn't really realize what's going on, what he did wrong. And um, I hope that you will think very carefully before you consider adopting any pets. So with that being said, um, I just want to leave you with this one quote. It goes, you may have many best friends, but your pet only has one. And that's you. And that's really all I have to say on this subject. Thanks for tuning in. And I will talk to you next time. 